0: First, there was COVID, the absolute worst. Agreed. Oh, and then there was supply chain
1: issues—more like supply ban of our existence.
0: <laughs> I know, right? And guess what? Now we have inflation. Oh
2: boy! So, <laughs> whoever knocked us into a parallel universe, <laughs> knock us back in to reality. It is not fun anymore. <laughs> it's
0: really not, <laughs> especially and I shouldn't smile about this, when the inflation rate in the U.S. shot up to 9.1% in June.
2: All right, so bad news, but since we're all getting all doom and gloom right off the bat, Matt, maybe start off by introducing ourselves? Yeah, all right, I guess I just to dive right into the actual details,
0: but thanks for pulling me back, Alex. So hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on this podcast edition of The What's What. I'm your host, Matt Marcotte, joined today by a large crew of people, starting with Alex Strinker. Hello. Sarah Hillstrom. Hey there. Vlad Hanslick. Hello. And today is super special because we also have Devin Kunis and Kimberly Barrick joining us to give us a deeper look at how inflation is impacting both consumer goods and grocery. So, Devin and Kimberly, thanks for joining us. Thank Hello you. Hello there. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. And um, I'm sorry to actually have you on what is starting off to be a very want-want podcast, but I do not want inflation. To deflate my positive spirit. So I'm going to turn right over to Vlad and ask you, do you have any maybe, I don't know, some good news for us about inflation?
3: I think I can actually give you some good news. So obviously retail, CG and consumers are dealing with a lot right now. But there is still a little bit of optimism hidden in all of this. There's now a pretty good chance that the inflation in the US has peaked. The 9.1% figure that you mentioned it doesn't quite reflect the recent decline in energy prices or the emerging wave of discounts as retailers try to offload their excess inventories. Also, it's not a given that we will face years of persistently high inflation. The markets, if you look at them, now we expect an inflation rate of just over 2.5% over the next five years. So there's some good news in there as well. Having said that, we've now seen not one, but actually two years of high inflation. So that 9% inflation. It doesn't quite do justice to the impact on consumers. The basket of goods that cost $100 in mid-2020 is now $115. It's pretty scary.
4: Yes, and everyone is stealing the pinch, especially at the grocery store. We are seeing the highest increase in grocery prices since 1979.
1: From shrinkflation to rising prices, you really have to start rethinking those extras you buy. I'm even dialing back on my Pop-Tart consumption.
4: My
0: God. Sarah, that is so sad.
1: I know, my life is very hard, and farewell frosted strawberry. (laughs) No! Uh, (laughs) In all seriousness, though, the high cost of groceries is really hurting so many families across the country.
5: It really is. And Sarah, I hate to break it, there may be more pain on the horizon. Ready for Mm -hmm. my best economist impression? (laughs) Go for it. We are seeing that producer inflation, e.g. the cost manufacturers see in their supply chain, is actually much higher than consumer inflation which tells us there are limits on the ability to pass costs on to the consumer. So ultimately, consumer goods manufacturers are absorbing cost increases for now, hurting profitability across the board. So as inflation takes a hit to P&Ls, CG companies will also have to find their frosted strawberry for them to cut back on.
1: I don't love that because that's basically code for job cuts, cutting mm. back on advertising slowing or stopping investments in R&D and innovation. Devin, am I right?
5: That's exactly right, Sarah. You're a great
3: translator. We're going to go a little bit deeper on that in a bit. Devin, before we do, should we take a moment to see how we got here in the first place? It's not not? a perfect storm, right? It's the perfect storm for inflation. We've had loose monetary policy. We've had major supply chain disruptions. And now we're having a major war in Europe as well. And of course, there's the labor shortages too.
2: I mean... Vlad, this is just really bad news. I almost forgot about those, but, you know, no.
3: Sorry. Yep. I mean, just to add some
0: perspective to that, U.S. retailers were trying to fill 1.3 million
3: Oof.
5: open positions in March of 22. The net of all this, it's rough out there. Uh, I don't know what I'm more sick of hearing about. Labor shortages or supply chain issues?
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, all of the above, but supply chain issues are really getting in my craw. <laughs>
1: But its the worst uh there were severe shortages of food imported from Ukraine and Russia and about 80,000 truck driver vacancies in October
0: Ugh. oh my god so okay let's just stop there for a second and figure out like why does all this bad news matter i mean we know why
3: but do we really know why you follow like, me here it's deep i know i'm deep what can i say well i guess no one is immune to these inflation challenges
1: All right, so one of the things that continues to come up is how the cost of labor has skyrocketed, mostly because of the shortages. And so, what's happening is that's making P and Ls look even more worrisome, both in retail and CG. I think as the pressure on labor costs is only going to continue this winter, we're predicting workers will face a significant increase in costs to work. I'm talking gas, meals, clothing, you name it. And so, any increases in labor wages will also eat directly into the margins if not managed effectively or headed for kind of a small storm of problems
0: oh all right so everyone if we look at everything that was just mentioned it does seem that there's an indication that inflation will coincide with a potential recession to the first period of stagflation since 2008
1: ugh, stagflation, another term with not so great things attached.
2: Nope. Yeah, I feel like imagination is a thing that's exciting with, you know, <laughs> ION at the end, but all strength stagflation. Look, it's going to cause consumer spending and confidence to take a big hit. We know that, I think. But to be honest, consumers are really just not feeling good, maybe worse than we think they are. 82% are searching for less expensive ways to
3: shop. What I'm really curious about is, when it comes to grocers, do you think that this customer squeeze or consumer squeeze and these high level of inflation are going to bring people back to the stores rather than buying groceries online?
4: Well, Vlad, I think that's a great question. And what we're starting to see in some research from companies like McKinsey and conversation with customers is that consumers are really um, settling into some habits. So they're showing some maturity with how they engage with different e-com channels. And it's really occasion-driven. So if you think about that in the context of inflation, a consumer might be more likely to continue with a home delivery if they had paid for a loyalty program like Walmart Plus, like Kroger Boost. And they can really, um, you know, better maintain kind of that budget, right? You can make those decisions as you're adding items to the cart. Where things get challenging, though, is if you have substitution and because of out of stocks. And so consumers are trying to react to those. I do think we'll continue to see consumers using those econ channels, but I do think you're right when it comes to the delivery piece. And I'm curious how this will impact the kind of um, additional areas where we see consumers having delivery like Grubhub and Uber Eats. Are people going to be less likely to have their McDonald's delivered to their front porch um, versus jumping in the car to go pick it up?
0: All amazing insights, Kimberly. And I think time will tell. And unfortunately, time's not six months from now. Time's like six days from now, right? Whether people are willing to continue to invest in the things they've been investing in or whether they're going to really tighten up their pocketbooks and look for ways to actually kind of find the best deals in the most traditional way. So lots to think about. And hopefully we'll see some uh, some better results coming in the next couple of quarters.
4: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure.
1: I'm actually curious, so there's some stuff going on on the retail side, but Devin, can you give us some insight into what's top of mind in CG world? What are execs thinking about?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's too simple to say just inflation, but I'll start by saying most CG executives are facing cost increases on every input cost in their P&L. So you've probably known wheat is in basically everything and wheat is up 60% globally. Supply chain costs, we talked about ocean freight, but once it comes off the boat, there's things like trucker shortages. And then, oh, by the way, have you noticed the price of gas recently? And because of all the competitive labor market, making products in factories is more expensive as labor wages are up 5.9%. So I think CG executives are thinking about efficiency first, whether that's what they're spending on trade where they're spending their marketing dollars, as you've noticed, major marketers pull back on things like Super Bowl campaigns, and then also where their team is spending their efforts because obviously their labor has to be more efficient. And the other thing I think everyone is watching is private label. So all that inflation is contributing to an environment where private label has gained more than a point in share since last year. The Wall Street Journal reported this yesterday. I think people are going to be watching that metric very closely to see if the U.S. starts to move towards a more private label
2: market. It's exciting if we do. Honestly, love, love a, lot of my, a lot of my favorite things are private label right now. So all very bad news and clearly critical issue for retail and CG companies. Yes, absolutely. To both of your points. But,
0: but I think we do have some good-ish news.
1: Oh, good. I have been waiting for the good news.
0: Me too. I mean, there are actually some strategies that we think may be able to help retailers and consumer companies roundhouse kick the villain. That is inflation.
5: Love any
0: roundhouse kick strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I need a visual for that, but okay. And I hate to actually do this, but we're going to actually break them down on the next edition of the What's What. Seriously, you're giving us a cliffhanger here? I'm bringing it back from the 70s. There is way too much ground to cover when it comes to strategy and we just didn't want to tack it on here. At the end, it absolutely, and I think we definitely critically needs its own limelight and time in the sun. Very fair. So everyone join us on the next episode when we will be talking about kind of the strategies to hopefully help retailers and CG companies deal with all these challenges and come out hopefully on top. Until then, have a great week and we'll see another side.